Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Instagram under at Are You Ready to Read with four eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Instagram under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast, we will expand your TBR. To get updates on our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked and like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us get our podcast out there. Rachel, Rachel, welcome to episode 15. I'm so excited for this one because you know why? I got to read whatever I wanted this week. So a bunch of fairy books? I mean, one fairy book, (laughs) kind of. I mean, it was like a quarter of one, but I swear no more fairy books for a while so I can catch up on other books that I want to read. That's the problem I have as well when it comes to like really long books is they're great. Like the book I'm currently reading is, I want to say almost 500 pages. And it's, um, well, I'll get into that later. It's like, you're enjoying the ride. You're liking the book, but it's taking you forever because it's so long. And it's not necessarily a bad thing unless you're not liking the book, but uh, it does take up your time. And therefore you can spend more than just like, like I'll read, typically I'll read like a 300 and something. Cause most books nowadays are like, 350 pages wouldn't you say yeah most of i think a big chunk of books that i've read have been about 350 to 400 pages yeah 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 so i think i timed myself the other day just to see i took an hour on my clock and i was like i'm gonna see how long it takes me to read or how many pages i can get to in an hour but i wasn't like reading fast you know i was just casual reading like i was just seeing how it went and i did get distracted a few times (laughs) because it's bound to happen you know when you sit there reading like you know either a kid's gonna come up to you and ask you a question or you know you're gonna like maybe put the book down after a couple chapters and go get some water so I read leisurely for 60 minutes and I got to a little over 160 pages. That would be, you know, like a 300 something page. Realistically, I could read like a 350, 400 page book in like three, four hours tops. But no one really sits down and actually reads for like three to four hours. That's so true. I could, but... Life happens. Exactly. Like there's so many other things. And even just like getting up to stretch my legs, I'm like, I can't just sit still for four hours. Right. And then, so the problem with me is that when I have a book with... I'm trying to think if it's with short or long chapters. I think it's with long chapters. Yeah. When I have a book with really long chapters... I'll try and break those chapters up. And I'm talking like Karen Slaughter long chapters, like 40, 50 page chapters. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and break those up by doing like a house chore, you know, in between. I'll put like my clothes in the laundry machine. I'll read a chapter. And then usually by that time I'm done with the chapter, it's ready to go in the dryer, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, if I literally sat down and read the book without doing that stuff, I'm sure I could finish it much faster but I feel like it breaks it up a little bit. You know, I'm like super pregnant now, so I can't sit in one spot like comfortably (laughs) for too long. So that helps as well. But yeah, reading our shelves was nice. It was, but it also, unfortunately I had some not so great ones and I kind of went into a little bit of a reading slump. And I know you went into a little bit of a reading slump too. I think we had opposite reading slumps though. I think I had a slump because of a bad book and you had a slump because of a good book. Yes, after I read that really awesome book, I just sort of stared at the wall and I was like, what do I do now? What do I do with myself? Because no other <laughs> right? book sounded so good. I was like, oh, I didn't know what to read. It's such a catch-22 with good books because everyone wants to read a good book. You know, you want to read this book that's amazing. You want to read this book that you don't want to end. But then after it's done, you're like, nothing compares, you know? Right. The next book you pick up has such – you have such high expectations for it. Or you pick it up and you're like, I know this isn't going to be good. So then you kind of like are a little bit critical towards it. That happens to me with good books. And it sucks because it's like – I just read this really good book. I want another one. And then what I usually do is I, if it's a good one that I'm in the like good slump, I'll look up like books like this book, you know, Mm -hmm. but that never, you know, that never always pans out either. No, it doesn't. But my slump 
so like out of this whole week, I think I barely read, but, um, like the weekend, I barely read it all this weekend. Like, I think I didn't even read it all Saturday. That's, and that's crazy for me. Yeah. I, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. I had, I just read a bad book and it, it wasn't like terrible. It was just nothing that, you know, nothing that was grabbing me, but I was, I wanted to finish it. I'd gotten far enough in, you know, it wasn't, it was one of those on the edge books where it's like not terrible, but not great. And it's like, I can't justify to myself to DNF this book because I like want to know what happens. But then once it got towards the end and I saw where it was going, I was like, this wasn't like, this was such a waste of time, you know? Right, right. So that kind of put me in a little bit of a slump. And not only that, but my husband just started working a new shift. He's working overnights now. So that kind of, you know, messed up my sleeping schedule, which also put me in like a little bit of a like personally depressed kind of slump thing. So like I just was, I was just not reading, which reading usually is my escape. So it was just really weird. But I did pick up another book finally. It's not amazing, but it's good. And you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Well, hopefully it's better than all the other ones that you've tried. <laughs> right it's funny because it's actually the book that I'm currently reading to get out of my slump was something that wouldn't usually be something to get me out of a slump so it's just weird but I am dying to know what your latest read was my latest read was a book that you gave five stars it was The Blinds by Adam Sternberg. And this was for our book club a while ago. I want to say two weeks ago it was the book. Yeah, I think we're a little bit behind. I'm behind because, you know, my fairy books got in the way, obviously. But this one has been on my shelf for a very long time. And obviously the theme this week was read our shelves. So I did just that. Picked this one up and I was shocked that I didn't even think to read this one so much sooner because it ended up being so good. Like I know Ariel, you told me and then a couple of our book club friends told me that it started really slow for them. But I was I was invested right away. I was like, I want to know all about these people and this weird little town. Yeah, and it wasn't entirely that it was a slow start. It was just that it was a lot of like back building and um, because you have this, like I said, and when I did bring this book to the show last time, it's a weird blend of genres. So it's like got dystopian, Western, sci-fi, like all that stuff. So it's a lot of like building not only the characters but building the like um world kind of too so some people I could see would see that a little bit as slow I love world building I love setting building like if you can show me the setting like so vividly through your words that I can see it as a picture in my head I'm like you've nailed it like I know where I am I know where these characters are and it just makes the book so much more enjoyable to me The Blinds has a 3.73 star rating on Goodreads, which I'm like, okay, fair. But also, this was one of the most unique books I've ever read. So personally, I feel like it should be a little bit higher than that. I ended up giving it four stars, and we'll get into that. But basically, this book just follows this group of people who has had some of their memories wiped from their brains. And they're taken here and they're, I don't want to say they're held captive, but like they kind of are because they're not allowed to leave. And they're in this dusty little town that's like a bunch of trailer homes and it's like in the middle of nowhere. Well, they can leave if they want because it's not a prison. But the problem is because they've had their memory erased, they don't know if they're like one of the good guys or the bad guys. So they don't know if when they get out into the world, there's going to be like someone hunting them and they don't know why, you know, (laughs) because it's like a a, a witness protection kind of thing in a way. So that's true. And they also only have two vehicles, but I believe they're both broken. It's something's up with the vehicles. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the vehicles are like they don't work. They're like 100 miles out from like any sort of civilization. So these people are just basically stuck out in the middle of nowhere in Texas in the dry heat, blistering sun, and they really don't know why they're there. So again, like it has that sort of thriller dystopian 
sci-fi western feel to it and the author blended these genres so beautifully like I I did not feel like I was reading a dystopian I did not feel like I was reading a western I did not feel like I was reading sci-fi and I also didn't feel like I was reading a thriller I was just reading like a book with all of these elements intertwined and it was amazing I did give it four stars and that's mainly because I just found some of the descriptions of the town and the characters to be a little overwhelming for me like it confused me in a sense um and I found myself like zoning out at some parts or just having to reread which is not a big deal to reread a sentence but when I'm rereading the same sentence like five times no <laughs> I'm, yeah that makes I'm sense. like okay <laughs> that makes sense and when I thought back on it too I was like what is she talking about? And then I was like, oh, towards the end, you know, they kind of give like backstories of people because the whole time you're wondering, like, along with these people, what they did. Right. Or what they didn't do or what they witnessed. And so, like, they're giving these backstories. And w- Rachel and I differ on this part. I enjoyed that, but she didn't. But I can definitely see how it would have been maybe draggy. I can see that. And I can see how someone would love learning their backstories. Like, I thought it was interesting. It just, it dragged. I think he could have done it a little bit better because I think you did need to know all those backstories. Like, it was very important, but it was the way that he wrote it and the way he did it could have been a little bit different to make it where it didn't feel so draggy to you. Because it kind of, at one point, it was just like information overload, you know? Yes, and that's where my brain was struggling. (laughs) Yeah, so I get that for sure. But it was really good. So, I mean, if you're looking for a book that you've probably never even read before, like the storyline is just so different. Everything was unique. Yeah, it's like it's definitely worth picking up if you're looking for something that's different. Because I feel like nowadays some some plots end up kind of being the same in every single book. But this one is definitely going to satisfy your need for different. And it, it'll at least have something for everyone. There's something for everyone. You know, there's the people that like the Westerns. There's Western stuff to it. There's people that like sci-fi stuff. There's sci-fi things, aspects to it. There's... Uh, thriller aspects to it there's a lot of character building you know like world building so it's it's one of those books that kind of is just an all-around encompass good book and this is the only book I have read by Adam Sternberg but he does have one that either just came out or is coming out very very soon and I've already put it on my uh, (laughs) holds at the library Um, it looks really good it's called the Eden Test I think I brought it to a few episodes back I also put it on hold of the library because I just, I need to know if it's going to be sort of the same with such a unique plot and a blending of genres. Because I hope it is. I, I hope so too. And I, it doesn't even need to be like the same type of book. It's just, right. I feel like Adam Sternberg's writing was so strong and held up so well that he can write anything, you know, like is going to be an autobiography at this point. Oh, absolutely. Like this this was Watch great. us hate the next one. Oh my god, if I hate the next one, I'm going to be so upset. That's happened to me so many times like these uh, but it's not their fault. It's that like they come up with this really good debut and then they're pressured so hard by their publishing house or something to like get a book out in a certain amount of time so they're maybe not doing the best work, but their debut, you know, they spent years and years and years on. Right. It's definitely I've you know whatever if it happens it happens I have faith that it won't because the writing was so strong but you know what if it is it is if it's meant to be it's meant to be we may like it we might not I will have to find out it has a very interesting premise have you even looked it up and dude I don't read synopsis or summaries or reviews or anything before I read a book I just go in blind I don't expect anything from any books that I read that's hilarious all I know from it is that it because I didn't I didn't read the synopsis on like Goodreads or anything, but it was actually in a podcast I just listened to the other day. They had read the arc of it. They said it was really good. She said it was comparable to the blinds with like how good it was and the like mashup of genres. But you know, I'm gonna find out for myself. She said it had something to do with like this couple that was married and he was like gonna leave her for another woman but they wanted to go on this one last retreat and it was called the Eden test this retreat so like crazy stuff happens on this retreat and that's all you really need to know so it looks good to me 
it sounds intriguing just from that (laughs) that's literally all i know and that's really all i care to know too hey that's okay well enough about me what was your latest read so my latest read was actually the one that kind of put me into a slump although the last like two three books i'd read were like all two stars so i kind of was like building up to that slump with reading like bad book bad book bad book so this one well okay so this book is called last one alive and it's by amber cowie and if you remember i had read another amber cowie book back a few episodes ago it was my tbr knockdown raven lane um i ended up rating it low But I'm one of those people who likes to give authors, you know, a second chance, especially if it's an author that doesn't have many reviews or many books. And all of Amber Cowie's books have under 500 ratings on Goodreads. So they're very, you know, not a lot of people know about them. Not a lot of people, whatever. So I would love to be able to bring that exposure to these authors. Unfortunately, like the other one, (laughs) this one fell flat for me. I want to say... First things first, I want to say that might have been me, a me thing and not the book thing. Few reasonings behind that. One, like I said, I had just gotten done reading two other two star books. So I was like already just irritated wanting to pick up something that was good. And the two books previous were both like very deep character driven book club type books. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'm picking up a thriller, you know? So I grabbed this thriller because it was on my shelf. It's a library book that I needed to turn back. Just going to do it. So immediately going into the book, it has two things that I just am not a fan of. And I've said it before, that's paranormal stuff. And I don't hate Agatha Christie's retellings of And Then There Were None, but I feel like they're really overdone. Like, everybody does one nowadays. So once I realized that that's where this was going, I was like, oh my God, because in my opinion, I have yet to read and, and then there were none but Agatha Christie retelling that was actually living up to the original. I kind of went into this book, not only with that two star readings, you know, already mad in my mind, but then there was this like, paranormal aspect along with the and then there were none aspect and I was just like just I I was just wanting to get it over with I ended up rating it two stars and that was being generous only because the writing in the book wasn't bad the writing in the book was actually really good the author does a really good job of building a setting for you like where they were I could 100% feel like I was there but like I said I think it was a me thing rating it low. I feel like if I wouldn't have just read two bad two-star reviews and I didn't care about the Agatha Christie thing, I maybe would have rated it like three. In a way, me saying it's an Agatha Christie and then there were none retelling is kind of not really giving it away, but kind of telling you what basically it's about. Penelope is a debut novelist. She just put out her debut novel and it got a lot of traction. So she's trying to find like inspiration for a second book because like she's just stuck nothing's working she's not liking anything so she enlists help of her new boyfriend and she goes on this research tip research trip with a bunch of like professionals which weirdly enough was like a bunch of ex-lovers and strange family members and stuff to go investigate this myth of this witch in the pacific northwest so they're like go into this like deserted island And, um, there's no way in, no way out, no service, you know, that locked room kind of thing. And people start disappearing. Basically, that's really all you need to know about that. Bodies just start turning up. People start disappearing and she just needs to solve the mystery and get out alive. Now, I was not happy with who the killer was. And I say that in like quotes because... Well, if you read the book, <laughs> you'll see. It, I don't know. I just, it, I wasn't a big fan, but the writing's not bad. So I'm, te- I'm like tempted to give her another chance. I have one more of her books on my shelf. That was Last One Alive by Amber Cowie. I think you should give her another chance because like they say, 
either third time's a charm or three strikes and you're out. (laughs) Right. And she only has, I think, four books out. And they're all either like on Kindle Unlimited or they were like at my library. So I'll give, you know, I'll give, I think I'll give one more chance, maybe in a little bit because I'm so fresh off of a, fresh off of a like slump. (laughs) Right, right. Anyways, that was my latest read. Do you have an obsession of the week? I do actually. It's been my weekend tradition probably for like the past two weeks now. Friday nights, I will sit on the couch with my boyfriend and we will watch Love is Blind. Whatever episodes were released on Netflix that week, we will watch them all on Friday night. And it's so much fun. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this show so much because honestly, it is the epitome of trash television. But I love reality TV shows. And this one, it just like, it's perfect for me. These people just meet blindly without ever seeing each other's faces in these pods and they talk to each other and they're supposed to form a connection based on that. And then if they do form a connection, one of them will ask the other to marry them and then they'll meet in person after that and then they'll go on a whole honeymoon and whatever to decide if they're still compatible after seeing each other in the real world. It's crazy. It's insane, but I love it. I haven't watched the newest season, but I did watch, I watched maybe like two or three, maybe all of them, except for the newest one. Um, It was entertaining for sure. It was definitely trashy, just trashy uh, TV, like (laughs) nothing (laughs) deep. It was so stupid at points, but it's one of those things you can't not watch, you know? Literally. The other one that I watch is... The one that I like, if you like that one, is 90 Day Fiance. Oh, my God. I love 90 Day Fiance. Me, too. And um, Married at First Sight. But Married at First Sight isn't that – it's whatever. Married at First Sight is okay. Yeah, it's like mid. But um, 90 Day Fiance is like the one that's like my favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I don't like- watch TV. <laughs> I love all of these drama-filled reality TV shows. I don't know why, but they always get me out of a reading slump. Like I'll watch so many episodes and then I'll be like, I think I'm ready to read a book now. Like my brain just has to do its cleanse. That's so funny. What are you obsessed with? Well, are we even going to be surprised that it's food? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there's this burger restaurant. Uh, Back up, back up, back up. So (laughs) my husband and I, when we moved to this new place we're in, we're on like this street. It's like a residential street and there's like a hot, there's like a hospital right there. And then on the end of the hospital, there is like a little tiny little, um, maybe like five or six stores, like little stores. And at the end of it is this place called Wayback Burgers. And I'd seen it before and I'd, I, maybe I've had one before, but I don't remember. I went to go get one with my husband one day. Cause we're like, you know, we didn't really want to go anywhere. And I have this, like I've said before, I have really bad anxiety with driving. So I don't like driving far. And this is literally at the end of my street. So that's like another reason why it's added to my obsession because I can get it easy. It's like a mile, less than a mile away. And it's not too bad price wise. But it's like really good burgers. Like they cook it in front. Like it sounds so stupid to have to say that nowadays. But you know like 90% of the burgers are all like frozen and stuff. This one they like cook it in front of you. And they have really good milkshakes and fries, tater tots, onion rings. It's like just a basic little burger place. But it's really good. I know now I'm getting myself hungry. <laughs> you have me craving a burger and a milkshake now. <laughs> But again, that all sounds so tasty and now I want some. I don't, I'm like really annoyed because I really want to go get some and <laughs> I don't. Ah! You can walk over there. It's it's like, well, it's starting to get a little bit dark right now by the time I get there and then come back because they do take a while because they cook them in front of you. I don't know. I, I would go if I wasn't pregnant, you know, like mm, true. being pregnant adds like that level of I need to protect my kid. Although I do live in a very safe very safe town now. The whole reason we moved here is because my mom is literally lives four minutes down the road 
And that's going to be a godsend when my baby is here. And she's, she likes to stop by and like, you know, bring me snacks or bring me food. If I'm ever like hungry, I'll be like, I'm hungry. And she'll be like, well, I just was at lunch. Do you want something? And I'm like, yeah. So (laughs) she wouldn't do that when I lived like 40 miles away. But anyways, so what are you currently reading? This book, I literally just started maybe an hour ago and Even though I was reading for about an hour, I'm only like 10 pages in because I kept getting distracted. For the life of me, I cannot focus on this book. I'm currently reading The Appeal by Janice Hallett. It's not what I was expecting so far, although I don't really know what I was expecting because, again, I don't read summaries or reviews or anything. But basically, this book is all media. It's not even mixed media. It is all media. Media meaning it's told through text messages, email chains, all that fun stuff. It's not your traditional way of storytelling where there's just a bunch of words on the page. So it's okay to read a book like that. But for me, it's just, it's not doing the job for me. This book has a 3.9 star rating on Goodreads, higher than I thought it would be because already 10 pages in, I'm like rolling my eyes at these email chains that I'm reading. The Fairway Players, a local theater group, is in the midst of rehearsals when tragedy strikes the family of director Martin Hayward and his wife, Helen. Their young granddaughter has been diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and with an experimental treatment costing a tremendous sum, their castmates rally to raise the money to give her a chance at survival. But not everyone is convinced of the experimental treatment's efficacy or of the good intentions of those involved. As tension grows within the community, things come to a shocking head at the explosive dress rehearsal. The next day, a dead body is found, and soon an arrest is made. In the run-up to the trial, two young lawyers sift through the material, which is what this book is told through. It's told through this material, emails, messages, and letters, with a growing suspicion that the killer may be hiding in plain sight. So again, I'm only 10 pages in, so I can't really form a huge opinion on it. But so far, it's, it's not like keeping me hooked being told through all the emails and letters and messages. But Ariel, what did you think of this book when you read it? So a few things about the book. One, I already want to preface with the fact that I cannot stand mixed medium books unless it's necessary. Like whenever I'm reading a book and I get to like a page where there's text messages or emails, I'm like, I roll, but whatever. This book, since it was told entirely in media, I feel like if it was written as an actual book and not media, it would not have, it wouldn't have been good. That's something you have to, you wouldn't understand until you read it just because I don't like, yeah, it's like it would have been really boring and lame if it wasn't told mixed media. So they had to like make it that way. My other gripe with it is that, oh, and it's not really a gripe. Sorry, back that up. The other thing about it is the thing I actually enjoyed about it (laughs) was the fact that it's kind of like you're the person you, the reader, is the person trying to solve this mystery. So you are getting, like, you literally got this stack of stuff. Like, that's what it is. Like, if you're an investigator, detective, whatever, and you got this stack of all the emails, texts, all that stuff, and you're kind of trying to read through it and put it together, that's what they're doing with this book. It worked in that aspect, but also I figured it out really quick. Um, There was no deep, super deep plot, storyline, nothing. It was just an overall fun book, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, so far I'm I'm already rolling my eyes, like I said, at all the email chains going through. Like these people are so impatient with their email responses. Like I just, I don't understand. It's a really fast read though. You'll literally get done with it like tonight or tomorrow for sure. Oh, that's good. I mean, I figured it would be quick since it's all told through media. Hopefully it is because I want to be done with it already and start my next one. (laughs) Right. Well, you're lucky because the book I'm currently reading is like 500 pages, extremely descriptive and just long. (laughs) Well, what are you currently reading? I'm currently reading The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. Now, if you remember, Rebecca Mackay wrote the other book that I brought to the show that is her newer book. I have some questions for you. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. So I had heard... Like I said, always willing to give authors a chance. I had heard that Rebecca Mackay had a 
like Pulitzer Prize book or a like listed book or some kind of finalist book that was really good. So I put a hold on it in my brain actually came really quick. And um, it's from maybe, it was published in June of 2018. And it's kind of old, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's relevant. It's good. And it's actually like, I'm not hating it. Like I'm liking it a lot more than her newer book. I think her newer book was the writing, you know, it was a little too much. It was too triarty, too over the top, but this one's pretty good. I have no idea where we're going with this book. It was a nominee for best historical fiction in 2018, and it has like a 4.3 star rating on Goodreads with over a hundred thousand reviews. So it's got like, and it, it obviously won an award. So, you know, it's got a lot of positives about it. But right now, it's just, I'm just in all the back building, story building, character building. And there's two storylines that I'm not quite sure how they're going to mesh together. Not quite sure what's going on. So you have 1985 Yale Tishman. And he is the development director for an art gallery in Chicago. And he's about to pull off the most extraordinary thing of his possible career. He's going to bring these 1920s paintings to the gallery that are just like super rare. It's just a huge thing that's going to be for him. Now that's a positive in his life. The negative in his life is that he is a gay man and the AIDS epidemic is pretty much starting, not starting because AIDS have been around for a while, but it's kind of becoming a thing. His friends are dying one after one. You know, there's um, not, they don't really know much about this, uh, this virus at the point in time. So it's like, you know, really scary when you do have AIDS. There's a lot of, a lot, it's a very painful and tragic disease to have gotten. You know, you have, uh, I believe like sores all over your body and your face. Um, you end up getting dementia towards the end of your life. Um, it's painful in many other ways. Like you're constantly sick because I believe AIDS lowers your immune system. So it's just, a. It, it's really, once you get diagnosed with it, it's pretty much a death sentence and a terrible rest of your life. And still to this day, I believe there's no cure for it. So that's the one storyline. You have Yale and he, um, the virus is just circling closer and closer to him. And soon the only person he has left is Fiona his friend, one of his first friends who dies, little sister. So that's the one storyline, you know, we're getting to know, we're getting to know Yale, we're getting to, you know, see the AIDS epidemic begin and in from the eyes of a gay man. Now, 30 years later, you have Fiona, who is in Paris, trying to find her estranged daughter who had disappeared into this cult. So she's staying with an old friend, who's this like famous photographer who documented the Chicago AIDS crisis. And she's like trying to, she's trying to get over how AIDS had really affected her life because Nico, you know, Nico was her sister or her brother. And those were all her friends too, you know, that had died and all that. So, you know, she's just like had this hard life And now her daughter, like something's going on with her daughter. So I'm about almost 200 pages in and it's just, it's just a bunch of, still just a bunch of backbuilding. It's, it's not bad. It's not great. It's nothing like amazing. I am finding myself wanting to pick up the book. So that's good. But you know, after I read it for like a couple chapters, I'm like, okay, you literally just spent three whole chapters talking about something that you could have done one in like one chapter, which I also got from Rebecca Mackay's other book. So maybe that's just, you know, her writing. She's writes these thick boys that are super, like, super yeah. long, a lot of pages. I'm not hating it. It's not terrible. I'm just wondering, you know, what's really going to happen, you know, especially when there's these books where you read where it's just like a bunch of facts and you know, the person's life and stuff. You're like, okay, now is there going to be some kind of like ending? Is it going to wrap up? Like what's going on? Because right now we're just moving along with the people. One of my favorite things about books is when I learn things. And although it's a very sensitive and hard topic to, you know, about AIDS and everything, I am learning a lot of things about it, which is good. That's good. I love learning things from books. Who 
doesn't. So for our themed reads this week, we kind of just picked, you know, some books uh, to read off our shelves. I know that Rachel picked like genres. I picked, (laughs) I picked like the top like three, four books that were like brand new out books, which I'm learning my lesson. I'm probably not going to do that again. I'm curious on what you read this week. This book, I was so excited to read. I like, I haven't had so much time to just free read in so long. I've been so busy. So I've only had time to read our book club books, but I finally got around to reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which Ariel gifted me this book for Christmas. And I loved everything about it. The easiest five stars I've ever given out has gone to this book. It was amazing. Like, the setting was perfect. The characters were like so imperfectly perfect. Like I I couldn't help but love all of the characters, especially Evelyn Hugo. Like I hated her, but I loved her. Mostly loved her. Right, but that's the best. Yes. When it, when a character makes you feel all the feels, like even if you hate them, you're like, oh, yes, yes, you wrote me this awesome character. At the beginning of the story, I was so intrigued because basically this journalist is, she was chosen to write Evelyn Hugo's biography. So the story is basically just telling Evelyn Hugo's life story. And it is so heartbreaking. Like, I literally wanted to cry at so many points because I was like, oh, my God, because she's a movie star, right? Evelyn Hugo is a movie star, and she had so many struggles behind the scenes, and it's just so heartbreaking to read about someone whose life seems picture perfect on the tabloids and to the press and to the public when really behind closed doors they are falling apart and wow it it really broke my heart people don't realize that during that time because this was the what year was this again this was this took place starting in the late 1950s people don't realize that in like the 40s 50s 60s these movie stars these women that were movie stars like they weren't just movie stars that had these amazing lives and stuff like They were movie stars and how they had to get there and the things they had to do to be that and then how they got treated afterwards. It was like, okay, yeah, you're this movie star, but you're literally getting either sexually assaulted to be here or, you know, you have to uh, get naked for a, uh, you know, casting and stuff like it was it was hard. And then not only that, but a lot of, you know, they were looked down upon in a sense too, because the woman's supposed to be at home, you know, cooking and making babies, not making movies, <laughs> you know? Right. It opens your eyes to like what even celebrities nowadays could be facing. And you're like, you never know what's going on in someone's life. I'm super happy you love this book because if you liked this one, I really think you'll like the other one I gave you, which was Lessons in Chemistry. I'm so excited to get to that one. Not the same by any stretch but um it's got that like feminist backstory too in it as well it's such a good book but this one if you okay listen most of bookstagram and book talk most of the general public most of the internet has read the seven husbands of evelyn hugo but if you have not if you have not read it you need to because it was so 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 good and it's a book i could definitely see myself rereading oh hell yeah It's amazing. This is a book that I'm going to keep on my shelf forever. (laughs) Oh, definitely. For sure. For sure. I I definitely will be checking out more of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books. I this is the only book I've read by her, but I keep seeing everyone posting online some of her other books and they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. Like, I love her. Like, she's a great author." So, I definitely need to read more so I can I can see what it's all about. I have all of them on my shelf. Um I have Carrie Soto is back, Malibu Rising, Daisy Jones and the Six, and then like all her little like love story books. But I I hate to say love story books because they're way more than just love story books, but that's what they're, you know, called like One True Loves and um, there's another one. But yeah, no, she um, definitely let me know when you want to read one of those and we can for sure. I know Daisy Jones and the Six is a TV show now. Um... I want to say it's been in production to make Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo into a movie for a very long time. 
And I know Carrie Soto is back is in the works to be something, either a TV show or that. And I've also heard Malibu Rising is supposedly picking up steam. Um, Yeah. I kind of don't want Seven Husbands to be a movie or a TV show, though. (sighs) I know. It's so hard because they can either do it really good or not good. But um, I do feel like the story was so good that I wouldn't even care if it was done terribly as long as it got exposure, you know, and other people got to feel that story and feel like what happened. Very true. But what did you get to on your shelf this week? I got to like a few books, but like I said, I had a couple two stars. So um, those are the books that I'd gotten to. And the first one was Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson, which it is funny because it came out in the beginning of March and it had really good reviews in the beginning of March. But then like late March, early April, it dropped a lot. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I wonder if, you know, all the people that were getting the arcs, the advanced reader copies were like, oh, this is really good. Or, you know, and then all of a sudden, like regular people are reading it and they're like, this wasn't that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So basically, <laughs> if I could, <laughs> if I could sum this book up in uh, one sentence, it's a bunch of rich people behaving badly. <laughs> <laughs> and it sound like it literally sounded like it was going to be so good, but it just, it was um, a debut and it was very amateur writing, lacked a lot of depth. It was just overall disappointing to me. Like it was 300 a little over 300 pages and I felt like nothing was happening other than rich people behaving badly. So you have uh, Darley and Georgiana, which are two people in this like super rich family, you know, some kind of like real estate moguls daughters. And then you have Sasha, who's this middle class from New England woman who marries the brother of Darley and Georgiana. So it's like she doesn't fit in. Darley and uh, Georgiana are like, ugh, she's a gold digger, blah, 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 because they think she didn't sign a prenup because she flipped out about it, but she actually did. So the whole book is like, it's just a bunch of miscommunication, rich people behaving badly, nothing happens, the whole book. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, it was her debut. I don't know if I'd give her, per se, another chance, only because I looked into her, not biography, but I looked into her, who she is, and I guess she's like, she's like an editor or something that has to do with this publishing house, so I'm sure she, you know, wrote this book and got it in, and not that she's a good author or anything. Oh, probably. So, has a really interesting cover. It had a lot of premise. She could have done really well with it. I kind of, like finished the book and literally sat there and was like okay well nothing nothing happened (laughs) so that was my first two-star read of the week my other two-star read of the week was hello beautiful by ann napolitano which i had brought to the show i think you know not too long ago i think i'd brought it as like a currently reading from like a couple episodes ago it was very long almost 500 pages and it was another book that just nothing happened And I, like, this book was an Oprah pick book. Like, it was so, it's got almost like a 4.4 star rating on Goodreads. Tons of reviews, and it's brand new. It came out less than a month ago. And it was just, like, nothing really happened. It was very boring to me. It took me way too long to finish. And it was possibly because of the super descriptive step-by-step writing. When I say that, I mean, like, the, the, you're in the character's head and it's everything that's happening as it's happening like everything like the she breathed in she looked around and she saw this and she walked a couple steps and it was very a little too much I also didn't connect with any of the characters and I thought that they really really made some like ridiculous and silly mistakes the ending kind of wrapped everything up for me but it took way too long a lot of things felt like kind of forced It was basically a uh, story about this boy named William Waters who was, he was, he had a sister, but she had died like when he was really, really young. So his parents were very depressed about that and they didn't give him a good childhood. So he was, you know, in this tragic, I guess, tragedy kind of thing. And he met this girl named Julia who introduced him 
to his, or who introduced him to her sisters, and she has four sisters, and so it was kind of like just that found family thing, a bunch, you know, it was just getting to know everyone, getting to know the sisters, stuff happened, there was this crazy thing that happened, the sisters that were so close, like, made them, you know, break apart. Some people like this, I just didn't. I really thought I was going to like this, but I didn't. Um, and that was Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. And did you read anything else this week? Well, I didn't, but I wanted to share a book that I'm super excited to get to. This one, so my shelves are mostly romance, I want to say. LOL. But this one on my shelf, like I physically have this on my shelf. This is a thriller. It is called Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. I'm so excited to read this one. I bought this one when I was at Barnes & Noble with my friend and we decided that we were going to pick a book and we are going to buddy read it. And we haven't gotten to buddy reading it yet, but I really, really want to because every time I look at this book, I'm like, I really want to read it. And this one was actually a Goodreads Choice nominee for Best Mystery and Thriller in 2019. No visitors, no nights spent away from the apartment, no disturbing the other residents, all of whom are rich or famous or both. These are the only rules for Jules Larson's new job as an apartment sitter at the Bartholomew, one of Manhattan's most high-profile and mysterious buildings. It sounds like your basic thriller, but sometimes I just want to read a basic thriller. It's much more than a basic thriller. It's actually really good. And out of all of Riley Sager's books, I think it's like one of my favorites. Well, then that's good. Then that makes me want to read this even more if you're giving it high praise. So... I'm going to get to it eventually. I just wanted to bring it to give you guys another option of a thriller that you may like to read and one that is on my shelf and that I will be reading very soon. I just got to put that buddy read in order. That was Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. So I feel like we we did pretty okay with reading our shelves this week. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit it was a little bit hard for both of us because it you was. had your fairy book taking up a lot of your week and I had like my slump taking up a lot of my week. Right. <laughs> <sighs> but hey, it is what it is. What's the next book on your TBR knockdown? It is Finlay Donovan is Killing It by El Cosimano. I haven't read the series yet, but I kept seeing it all over Bookstagram back when I started my account in November. And I was like, ooh, that looks cute. That looks interesting. So I added it. And now it's next on it, even though I have no idea what the series is about it. But I want to get to it. (laughs) I've heard great things about the Finlay Donovan series. Did you get to yours? It's still on hold at the library. I think someone like swiped the book. Oh, no. Because <laughs> um, I've been number one on the wait list for so long. And it is a book that has like no nobody else really getting it. So I think someone just forgot to turn it back in. But my next book is called The Other Mrs. Miller by Allison M. Dixon. And it is a domestic thriller it says for fans of the last mrs parish and the couple next door which are both books that i really enjoyed yeah i'm not really going to read much about it because i don't even really want to read the synopsis to be so real but it uh the little snippet says two women are watching each other phoebe millie phoebe miller isn't sure when the rusty car started showing up in the cul-de-sac or why its driver will be spying on her. What could be interesting about an unhappy housewife who drowns her sorrows in ice cream and wine and never leaves the house? Only one knows why. No idea where that's going to go, but the cover is pretty cool. It's like a blonde chick with like half her face missing. Ooh, I want to drown myself in ice cream and wine. I want to drown myself in Wayback Burgers and um, like, I don't know, donuts. <laughs> So our book club book that, you know, me and Rachel are in a small little group was The Appeal this week and I read it, she's reading it, but our book club, honestly, booked club book is Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murders. And this was the pick that you guys chose. I got the preview from Amazon and my book is actually coming in so I'm going to be starting reading this very 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 soon but from what I have read it was actually um pretty interesting it looks like it might be like a cozy mystery which those are always fun I think you're going to read one of those soon too but it says 
60-year-old self-proclaimed tea expert Vera Wang enjoys nothing more than sipping on a good cup of tea and doing some healthy detective work on the internet, aka checking up on her son to see if he's dating anyone yet. But when Vera wakes up one morning to find a dead man in the middle of her tea shop, it's going to take more than a strong longing to fix things, knowing she'll do a better job than the police possibly could because nobody sniffs out a wrongdoing quite like a suspicious Chinese mother with time on her hands. Vera decides it's time to catch the chiller, killer. Nobody spills the tea like this amateur sleuth. I love amateur detective stuff. Cozy mysteries are cool. They're usually called cozy mysteries because there's no like bloodshed, no gore or anything, but um, people do still die. <laughs> so um, looking forward to that. And I'm super excited that we're going to have a whole episode, short episode, but we're going to have a whole episode devoted to it at the end of the month. Have you started reading this one yet, Rachel? I haven't, but I ordered it last night and it already shipped, so it should be here soon. I'm excited for it. Did you add anything to your shelf this week? I did. So I don't know how I missed this, but apparently May Cobb has a new book coming out. Um, and I've read, I think she has two books. This will be her third. I have, I loved one, hated the other. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to this one. She writes kind of like these, uh, gosh, what's the word? These like domestic thrillers with like crazy uh, women characters and I love it. So I'm excited for her new book. No idea what it's about. Don't even know what the cover looks like. I just saw someone post that they got an arc of it and I was like, boom, added to my TBR, <laughs> which I need to stop doing because my TBR is like almost 1500 books now. That's crazy. How are you ever going to read them all? I'm not, but <laughs> because I want to say like if I stopped adding books right now, I could finish this TBR in 10 years, but realistically authors keep putting out books so it's like it, I'm forever going to be trying to catch up will you ever get through your tbr is the real question here girl I'm trying <laughs> no I didn't add anything to my shelf um I just between all my fairy books and the book club books I haven't had time to scour goodreads <laughs> you know that might be a good thing it's so it's funny because when I first wake up in the morning such a bad habit but when I first wake up in the morning you know I get my phone check to see you know because I keep my phone on loud but it's on do not disturb so you know in case like some I don't know I'm weird like I want my parents if they ever get hurt or anything to be able to call me but I check to see like what texts I missed what calls I missed overnight which I'm a loner so it's usually none and then I immediately hop on social media and what I mean by social media is I get on to Goodreads and I see what every where everyone's status is what books they're reading you know all that and then I start to lose myself because Goodreads likes to very rudely post a bunch of uh books you should read in the middle of your feed, you're like looking, oh, look, Rachel read this. Rachel's on this page. And then all of a sudden it's like, you would like this book. And then I have to click on it and I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bad habit. I need to stop doing that. I actually don't ever go through my Goodreads feed. Good. <laughs> don't. I don't really care what people are reading, <laughs> which sounds so bad to say. I just... I only care what people are reading on Instagram. I don't really care what they're putting on Goodreads. I'm like, on Instagram, I don't care what you're currently reading. Like, that's cool. But on Goodreads, I'm like, oh, yes, let me know what page you're on. And <laughs> Not me. I could never. Do you have any library books out? Oh, girl, I got a whole stack. I got a fat stack of books sitting in my living room right now. I keep telling myself to stop putting books on hold at the library, but then I just keep putting books on hold no, at the don't, library. No, don't. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> like, I think, okay, so now I have, I have maybe like seven or eight books checked out and I have like seven or eight more on hold. So it, I just, I got to get reading. Honestly, I have um, a chocolate chip cookie murder out. That's one of the popular cozy mysteries. It's like part of a whole series. There's like thousands of those books. Let me know if you like that. I'm very excited to read it. There's like recipes interspersed in there too. So I, I might be making some because I love to bake. I have Winter in Par Paradise out, One Night on the Island, Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon, which was just recommended to me by one of my friends today. And surprisingly, the library had it today. The Lindbergh Nanny, which is a historical fiction for our decades challenge and a Court of Frost and Starlight, which is the little 
fairy book novella. I'm excited to read those. I know you probably have a fat stack of books out as well. I do. Um, I, It's actually gone down a little bit. I have, I think, a couple out, but I do have like almost 20 on hold. But a lot of those, more than half of those actually, I'm like 30th on the late waiting list, 40th. But I can't always stick to that because the other day I was like 40 something in line and then all of a sudden it was like in transit. I'm like, whoa. Interesting. But I have What Have We Done? The new Alex Finlay. I have Anatomy of a Scandal, which is a book with an author that I've read another one of hers. I have The Best Kind of People and Sycamore, which are two books from a podcast I listened to. I have The Displacements, which is by Bruce Holsinger that I liked his other book. And then I have The Things We Keep by Sally Hepworth because it's Sally Hepworth. Yeah, that's the ones that I have out currently. I think I have one in transit that I'm going to pick up tomorrow, which is the Joyce Carol Oates one, the 48 Hours Sisters Disappearance one. We need to buddy that one. It's on my shelf. (sighs) Yes, yes. And then for books that are like on my radar, I have two that I'm super excited. I think they're coming out this summer. And that's Ruth Ware's new book, Zero Days. And Lisa Jewell's new book, None of This is True. And I've already heard really good reviews about these. Do you have any books that you're excited for this summer? I don't, but both of yours that you just listed, I've seen ARC reviews online. And they have such rave reviews already. Right. I I love it. And I'm glad that people are actually liking Ruth Ware's book because Ruth Ware is one of those like – Seems like she can never get more than a three star from people. Like oh no. she's just one of those <laughs> middle of the road authors. Every book I've read from her was a three star for me as well. It's like nothing great, nothing bad. It's just like meh kind of thing. But I've heard that her newest ones, she's kind of like getting better. So I'm excited that people are liking this one. And then Lisa Jewell is just, you know, a classic. Like gotta get the Lisa Jewell. I have a Lisa Jewell book on my shelf that I really need to read. Which one? Then She Was Gone. That's a good book. I think you'll like it. I'm excited. There's so many on my shelf that I really need to get to. <laughs> so what are you doing this week? This week? Oh, um, might go to the zoo over the weekend because it's going to be super nice outside. Finally. Hopefully it's not too hot so the animals won't be hiding and sweating inside. It's funny though because I feel like whenever I go to the zoo, I can never see the animals' faces. It's always their butts looking at me. So hopefully I see some faces this time. I love it. That's hilarious. Do you have any fun plans coming up so this weekend we're going to take the kids to i want to get them out of the house because it's going to be hot here too it should be like 80 degrees so i don't know maybe go to the lake for the day maybe do something because the last like last couple months it's been raining and we've just been stuck in this little house oh you should take them to the new super mario movie i hesitate because children in movies is not fun (laughs) i mean i wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) it's like they either lose their focus really quick or you know there's other children in there that are being annoying so i don't know i'm (laughs) i'm one of those people that doesn't like children but i like mine but i don't like other children Okay, but so. that's that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I I love kids, don't get me wrong, like, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like Ugh. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so I hesitate on bringing them to the movies, especially since it's like really expensive and we're a family of four. Mm, true. Five soon before. But I want to get them like out though, you know, like out like into the, you know, water or something. But Sunday we have another we have my uh ultrasound that they get to come to so that's exciting that's so exciting wait you're bringing the kids yeah oh they're gonna see their baby sister yes the ultrasound place i go to is awesome it's got like a projectors and like couches and bean bags and like coffee and toys and stuff and it's like you pay for like the hour and you just literally get to play with your baby like the lady will put the like ultrasound thing on you and she'll tell you everything it's it's super cool that's so fun that sounds so fun yeah when you're here we should go uh duh (laughs) oh yeah you guys rachel's coming to california finally (laughs) so excited me too i cannot wait we're gonna be able to record an episode in person but also like we're probably gonna forget (laughs) we dude we always forget (laughs) we're supposed to record at this like one time every week but we somehow always mess it up and like we're recording like 
day before it comes out and Rachel's like scraping by to do the <laughs> editing or we like just I, I don't we're just a mess we'll get it together one of these days you know it's it's fine it's like that's how we function over here at honestly booked we are just always, right we're we just are, a mess <laughs> we are honestly stressed <laughs> honestly stressed honestly tired I'm honestly tired <laughs> honestly stressed honestly tired honestly broke yeah honestly honestly <laughs> the real raw truth <laughs> but um well you have fun with the appeal i'm gonna go read my book as always from both of us here honestly booked happy reading happy reading i should have said from both of us here honestly stressed <laughs>